Well, good morning. Welcome to Grace Life Church. We're glad that you're joining us here today. Glad to be a part of our service. Uh, later on in, the, in our service time here, we're going to receive a communion. So if, if you're alive with us uh, or even watch it another time, uh, later on today or another time, grab a, you know, grab a cracker and some juice, whatever that you have. And it uh, doesn't have to be anything in particular, but just grab something that you can use uh, for the elements of communion. And we will, we will do that together uh, as a family. So this morning we're going to talk about resurrection life. Resurrection life. And I uh, want you to go to the book of Acts, chapter 4. And the only thing about reading the verse is you've got to take it out of a story. And what has happened here is the, in Acts chapter 3, the man at the gate beautiful was healed, if you remember that. When Peter and John was going into the temple, there was the man begging. And he, had, he was there every day. He was lame uh, all of his life. And the government, as it were, gives you a right, you know, to, to, to sit at that place. And, and he was, uh, he had to beg for a living, you could say. And so he was asking alms or money. And Peter and John said, uh, he said, hey, look on us. And the man said that he looked upon them uh, expecting to receive. But he, what was he expecting to receive? Alms, money. And Peter said, silver and gold have we none, but such as I have, I give you. And then he took him by the right hand and he said, in the name of Jesus, rise and be healed. Well, he's asking for money. And we always kids say the man was asking for alms, we got legs. Well, he's asking for money, but Peter said, that's not what we come to bring you. But what we do have, what I have, I can give away. You know, you can't give away something that you don't have, but whatever you do have is in your possession. You have, you have the ability to be able to give it to someone else. And that's in every believer is that you have resurrection life on the inside of you. And that life is to bless you, but it's also to bless others as it flows out of you. And so uh, we're going to talk about this this morning in Acts chapter 4, verse 33. It says, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And much grace was upon them all. Uh, in the upcoming uh, times together there we'll go forward from today we'll talk about this uh in in greater means and different uh in different ways but notice he said that they were they were testifying or giving witness to the resurrection of the lord jesus why well it hadn't been long that jesus had been raised from the dead and it was quite the topic and uh, we know from the scriptures that after the uh the resurrection of jesus he was seen of at least 500 people you know you know that we know that from the scripture and so they were testifying to these things everywhere they were. And everywhere they testified about the resurrection of Jesus, there were signs, wonders, and miracles, and, and, and mass salvations. And it says, and great grace was upon them. Now, I want to read this in the Amplified. It says, and with great strength and ability and power, the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace, loving kindness and favor and goodwill rested recently upon them all. So there's something significant about every time that they, they ministered on the resurrection life of Jesus, that things supernaturally begin to happen. And that's, uh, that's not just a Bible story. The same thing happens today when we are focused upon the, the resurrected Christ. Not, the, not just the Jesus on the cross, but the one who came from the grave. The one who came from the pits of hell, but he paid all man's, mankind's sin once and for all. And it became a finished work and he sat down, the Bible said. And so here it said there was great grace upon them all. And um, what happens a lot of times, because this happened 
many, many years ago, and here we are, we weren't there when that happened, then this becomes, can become a story to you. It can become a, a Bible lesson. It can become you know, just a, a few pages in your Bible. It, it, and so what it becomes is either a doctrine or, or a creed or it becomes a historical fact. This morning, what I'm actually doing, you know, people say, well, what's the most important, uh, what's the most important Sundays of the year? Well, most people would say, well, I guess that's Easter and Christmas. Well, I, I preach that every week. I mean, there's no difference, there's no difference uh, on Easter than it is this morning. I mean, I'm preaching resurrection life. I mean, most every denomination should agree on this message that Jesus died and he is alive. Right? I mean, you can't, you can't hardly mess Easter up. You, someone probably could, but it's hard to mess Easter up. Well, how many know he is alive today? Amen. So it's more than a doctrine or a historical fact uh, about the resurrection life. And so we, we want to see that the part that there was much grace upon them that preached it upon the church. And it also came with power to the believers. And with that power, there was supernatural ability. And with that power, uh, miracles were manifested. And so the resurrection is the most exciting event that ever took place uh, in the world that they had ever experienced because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And uh, I, I want to give you some scriptures this morning. You can follow along, listen, and if we have it, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at it here. Uh, here's, here's a scripture that I'm sure that you've seen or heard, but very little people ever preach about it. And you can only find it in Matthew's account of, of the Synoptic Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But Matthew records at the resurrection of Jesus that others were raised from the dead. Very times do you ever hear that, that ever preached. But uh, this is the New English translations, but it, it talked about after Jesus died, he gave up the spirit, he gave up the ghost. And at that moment, it says the curtain or the veil, remember, was torn from the top to the bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks split. Now, this is Matthew 27. I'm in uh, verse 52 and 53 of the NET, the New English translation. And it says, and the tombs broke open. This is at the resurrection of Jesus. After three days, he arose, right? So when he arose, it says the tombs broke open and the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep in death were raised to life. I don't know what the vicinity of it was. I, I don't know historically what the vicinity of it was. But somewhere around at, at the tomb of Jesus, which you know is empty, when he was resurrected, it said there was a great earthquake and rocks were split and these tombs were open. But when Jesus was resurrected, people in the vicinity that were dead, they were raised back to life at his resurrection. Y'all okay if I use the Bible? I mean, is that, that okay if I use the Bible? I mean, I know it's 2022, but it's okay if we still use the Bible? Okay, that's right. Okay, just want to make sure I was in the right place. It says, the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep in death were raised to life and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection. And, the, and they, these people, when they came out, from the dead, out of the tombs, they went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. Wonder what that was like that day. <laughs> I mean, that's like amazing grace. I once was, you know, I once was blind, and now I once was dead, but now I live. <laughs> huh? So, so it looked like there was a, there was a, uh, you know, a, a backwash, a backlash when Jesus raised from the dead. It was, it was quite a stirring. That not only was he was raised, but people around him in the vicinity was also raised from the dead and went into the city and gave testimony about it. 
Pretty big deal, wouldn't you? Yes. Must be some power in this great grace of resurrection life. Yeah. <laughs> that not only that you come out of the grave, but it gets off on somebody else over there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they come out of their tomb. Now they're in tombs, and there's you know there's a big rock, you know, just like Lazarus did, and Jesus did, and they had a roller. Well, their rocks were split. Then they came alive and just walked out and said, "Whew, let's go get a cheeseburger." <laughs> we probably should tell somebody about this. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Better watch you. Better watch preaching about resurrection life. Amen. Now here's the passion translation. So if you, uh, if you want to, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. And uh, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 23 in the Passion Translation. It says, the message that we preach is Christ, who has been raised from the dead. So how could any of you possibly say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Verse 13. For if there's no such thing as resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. Verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, all of our preaching has been nothing, uh, has been for nothing, and your faith is useless if there hasn't been a resurrection, right? Verse 15. Moreover, it is dead. If the dead are not raised, that would mean that we are false witnesses and we are who are representing God. And that would mean that we preached a lie, starting that God raised him from the dead, if in reality he didn't. If the dead aren't raised up, that would mean that Christ has not been raised up either. Verse 17, and if Christ is not alive, you're still lost in your sins and your faith is a fantasy. Y'all with me? Verse 18, it would also mean that those believers in Christ who have passed away, they have just simply perished. You know, do you know who's, who's left this life? So if there's no resurrection, they just perished. If the only benefit of our hope in Christ is limited to this life on earth, we deserve to be pitied more than all others. You want some better news? Anybody want better news? Verse 20. But the truth is, <laughs> Christ is risen from the dead. <laughs> but the truth is, <laughs> the truth is, he's alive and he's risen from the dead. He is the first fruit of a great resurrection harvest of those who have died. Verse 21, for since death came through a man, Adam, it is fitting that the resurrection of the death has also come through a man, Christ. Well, we know th through Adam, all man, you know, not that we were here. You say, well, I didn't sin. No, you, you didn't. Adam did. But he was kind of the, you know, the federal head of all of, of everyone who would come after him. Amen. And that was the problem. Then Jesus came. We always say it this way. Adam, you know, actually Jesus, and I think most of you know this, but if you don't, I remember when I didn't know it. And I'm like, well, it's interesting to think about it that way. The scriptures call Jesus the second Adam. I mean, also Christ, whatever. His name's Christ. And, uh, but he, he's referred to as God's second son or the last Adam. It doesn't say God's second son. It says the last Adam. And we're all sons of God, true? Amen. Whether you're, no matter what your you know, gender is, we're, we're considered sons of God. Well, Jesus was the second Adam. And so Adam sold us out. 
He committed high treason. So all of us died spiritually. So I always say it this way. One man got us in a whole lot of trouble and another man got us out. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so he said, if, if all this is, is the life that we're living right now and at the end it's over. He said, we, we, we are to be pitied. What, what are we meeting for? What are, what are we having church for? What are we doing anything? We might just go do anything. If your life is over, to, it's your last breath when your body gives out. I mean, I don't know what you'd want to do today. Some of y'all may not have come. I wouldn't have came. I'll just be honest with you. I mean, if, if, if that's all there was to it, then it's like that. Eat, drink, and be merry. I don't know what it is. But that's not the truth. The truth is what? Christ is risen from the dead. Amen. Or you could go into some other religions, you know, that you'll come back and be reincarnated. And if he's really good, you might be a grasshopper <laughs> or, or a cow or something. Well, that's, and we, we laugh at that and think it's whatever, but, you know, people on the mission field, they know that. You got people starving nations where they got cows walking all around them because, I mean, that's how they've been taught. That's what they believe. They're, they don't know that that's not their ancestors. They're out there in the form of a cow or a, a deer or whatever, and they're starving. They're, ab they're absolutely starving. Can you, can you see the ugliness of religion that people would starve to death with, with animals walking all around them? Wow. I mean, if I got that hungry, hungry Uncle Fred, he's just going to have to eat. I mean, A1. I mean, it's going to Sorry, Uncle Fred. <laughs> we fixed a barbecue. Yeah. Amen. So the truth is, we, you know, we, uh, Christ was risen from the dead, and we're the first fruits. Well, for, for, you know, first fruits talks, uh, is talking about harvest. And he's the first, you remember uh, when the Bible talks about the first fruits or the first part that's given. Even in, like when we're giving offerings and tithe, that talks about first fruits. Well, Jesus was the first fruits of this harvest. The Bible says he is the first, he was the first son among many brethren. See, it, it left it open so many of us brethren could be added to him. Jesus is your elder brother. He's your brother. He's Messiah. He's Lord, but he's also your brother. He's the first son, and we're the sons that came in right behind him. Now, don't forget when Jesus was raised, you got these people been in the grave. I don't, don't tell them how long they've been in the grave. But when he was resurrected, there was, I, mean, I don't know how to say it. I don't know if you call it the anointing. I don't, I don't know what you call it. But it was resurrection life. It was so much of it that affected more than just him. It just started busting stone and rocks all over the place. And just dead people just got back up. And they said, Phew. they went in town and said, yeah, we probably ought to tell someone. I bet it scared some people. When, I mean, see, we never thought about that much. How many of y'all never thought, have heard that scripture, that part of it? Don't you imagine when they walk back home and you said, you married my brother <laughs> or, you, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just like whatever. I mean, I don't know, you know, the after effects, but, you know, there had to be some after effects, some of this somewhere. I mean, if I came back, you know, in 30, 40 days, I'm, I'm looking for some grief to be going on. I, I, I'm still wanting some, you know, sitting in salt, salt sackcloth and ashes. Well, not really, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't spend the whole check on, on the first, because I may come back. Because <laughs> if you married in 10 days, I know what you've been thinking before I left. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, just, I'm just saying, and if it's just, I mean, I'm legally you can go do it. But if I come back and they say, so where's my wife on honeymoon? And I'm thinking, uh-huh. 
I wonder if there was any mooning and honeymooning before I left. <laughs> if it had just been 10 days. I've been pastoring a while. I've seen a few things. <clears throat> seen a thing or two. <laughs> Verse 22. Even as all who are in Adam die, so also all who are in Christ were made alive. <laughs> Golly. Verse 23. But each of us in his proper order, Christ is the first fruits, then those who belong to Christ in his presence. So once again, Jesus is the first fruits of what is the harvest then believers who will be raised to resurrection power never to die again. How about that? So it's through the preaching of the resurrection that power is made available. And great, great grace. Great grace. Not just grace, but great grace happens when you preach the power of the resurrection in Jesus to those who believe. So we have the same power because we have the same Holy Spirit. Right? How could we have a different power? People say, well, I don't believe in the supernatural. You don't? I say, well, do you believe in... I mean, uh, and, and I don't know why. Maybe they, they saw something that disturbed them. Something happened that was unkosher with them, whatever. And they said, well, we don't, you know, we believe in God and the Holy Spirit and we believe in, you know, but we don't, we don't believe in the supernatural. Well, er everything about the Father and everything about the Son, everything about the Holy Spirit is supernatural. If you're born again, it's the most supernatural miracle that could ever take place through the new birth. True. Jesus said, when I, when, when I go, I'm going to send one just like me. And the works that I do, you'll do. And you'll do greater than I do. So he's telling you, I'm going to send someone supernatural. How could you have the Holy Spirit and have a, how can you have an un, I mean, how can I say that? How could you have a, a, a Holy Spirit who's not, who's not supernatural? That's residing on inside of you. When he came inside of you, did, did it become unsupernatural? Which is not really a word, but I'm just saying. See what I'm saying? So we, we should be expecting supernatural events take place all the time because you have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. True? Okay. So here we are on this side of it. So we have the same identical Holy Spirit living in us. Now, now here's a verse that you know very well. But uh, here's some of the things why, what, what believers need to, to re renew their mind with when they're believing God for healings in their body. Romans 8, 11. It says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Now, now who's the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead? Holy Spirit, right? So can I say it this way? If, Holy, if, if, the, if the spirit of him, Holy Spirit, who raised the Jesus from the dead is living in you, who raised Jesus from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So he's telling you, you have the identical spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, which took resurrection life. That same identical spirit that took from, and, and, and not from the grave, but, but raised him from the pits of hell with opposition. <laughs> you know, grave be one thing, dead, dead be one thing. I mean, these people who was raised after Jesus was raised, I mean, there was no opposition there. You know, they, they were just dead. But, but Jesus was in the pit of hell where he, he paid the ultimate price for us. After three days, the father said, that's enough. Amen. He said, everything's satisfied. He says, I want him raised up now. Amen. Don't you know there was some opposition from devils who had him? Well, they thought they had him. We had him. Uh-oh. 
he blinked one of my, <laughs> he blinked one of his eyes, but, and he, he, he twisted a little bit. Then he he was raised up. He was raised up. So the, the Bible says the same spirit that that the same power that took to raise Jesus from hell from the grave. He said that same power now has come to live on the inside of you. That same power, that identical power. This is not his little brother, third cousin on your nephew's <laughs> side. This is, this is the, same Holy, the same Holy Ghost, the same Holy Spirit Amen. who raised our Savior from the dead is living on the inside of you. Amen. Praise God. In, in your born again spirit, Amen. you have a power who knows who is, who, who is resurrection life. Doesn't know about it. He is resurrection life. So, so Paul goes on to say, he said, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, it is he who raised Jesus from the dead will also, he said, he'll also give life to your mortal body. Right? Through his spirit who lives in you. So we have the same spirit who empowered Jesus to overcome the world when he was here uh, as a man. Same one who raised him from the dead. He is a life-giving spirit, the Bible says. Uh, in every believer. Now, if you think about it this way, we've been, I've been not using this as a title, but I've been using this as a thought pattern that every good thing that we need or want that is promised to you in the Word of God is, is already, it already exists. It's just what? Merely waiting what? Waiting the recognition of it. Everything that you're ever going to need to want in life that's promised you in the Bible is already exists. It's just waiting for you to recognize it. Now, what, what did I just tell is right residing on the inside of you? The Holy Spirit, the same one raised from the dead, who gives resurrection life. When, when raised Jesus from the dead, has so much power, it burst graves all around him. And they, and they came out and went to the city and they said, they, they testified. Amen. Have, have you ever heard a testimony like that? You know, I, I was buried out here six months ago. Two years ago, I was out here. You know, I mean, uh, seven days, you know, whatever it is. It, and it said, and the Bible said they went into the holy city of Jerusalem and they gave testimony to it. Wow. Well, what did that? Who did that? Holy Spirit did, right? Who, who lives where? Inside of us. You say, why do you talk about this all the time? Because there's going to be a group of people somewhere on the earth someday. They're going to find out who they are and what they got in and they're going to change the whole world. They're going to end, empty asylums. They're going to empty hospitals. I mean, they're, they're going to take everything back. Hmm? See, this is not a sermon that I'm preaching. You, you may think I'm you know, giving a little talk or a sermon. I'm no more doing that than the man in the moon. I, we're just sitting here talking about what's actually true, what's on the inside of us. Huh? The, the, that you can lay hands on the sick and you can tell, you know, you know whatever disease is, you, you, you can't live in here no more. Get out. Get out. And it, and it knows it has to. Right? I mean, sick with any kind of sickness or disease is the same thing as a demon. Jesus didn't ask a demon, did he want to go? He didn't say, well, if I cast you out, do you, do you have any worse day tonight? Did he ever do that? No. He said, this, this property is not yours. I mean, I mean, if you have a tenant and they can't pay the rent, maybe they're good people that just can't pay the rent. You might feel bad about it, but, but you know, you... you I mean, you got some who were never going to pay you. I mean, they're just shysters or whatever you want to call them. But you got some who just, you know, you try to help them. But I mean, eventually we got to got to have some rent, right? So you might say, well, you know, will you have anywhere to go tonight? Well, Jesus never asked him, you know, 
I mean, I can't let you stay here. But y'all, y'all have anywhere to stay when I cast you out? <laughs> Did he ever do that? No. no. So, 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 so why, why do we play with it? You know, <laughs> why, just, just cast it out. The Bible says the devil's roaming around through the earth looking. What's he looking for? Someone he may devour. Why is he roaming around? He's homeless. Well, I mean, he, he's, I mean, you know the devil's not in hell right now, don't you? I mean, you know that from the scripture, don't you? Is the devil in hell right now? No, he's roaming around through the earth looking for someone he might devour. He, he probably would just prefer to go home, but it, which is hell, but he can't even go home. Now, why would we take advice from a homeless man about anything? Like, you know, you're not going to make it this time. Well, what do you... What, 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 How could we take advice in thought life? And you know who's feeding those thoughts to you, right? That's why I say you have to cast down thoughts and imaginations because he's talking to you. Well, what does he know about anything? I mean, he's the only person. Yeah, he's the only person in the earth that we know of that got kicked out of heaven. I mean, how dumb can you be to be get kicked out of heaven? Now, he was pretty cunning because he talked some other folks into it. Some, we call them fallen angels, right? I mean, to, to be in heaven and say, I'm going to exalt my throne above his. Really? Really? Have y'all ever thought telling God that? God, you know, you're not, you're not doing things. I mean, I'm taking over. <laughs> That's, that's just another way of saying what, what Lucifer did. He, he was the worship leader. And he just told God, I'm taking over. And he said, really? And it said there was a war in heaven. Didn't say it lasted. Didn't say it lasted very long. <laughs> Isaiah 14 tells you how, you know, how it ended. <laughs> he got pointed out of heaven. Didn't say there was any casualties on God's side. So they've been down here forever. There's three atmospheres the Bible talks about. The earth is the first atmosphere. There's a, the, the second atmosphere, the second heaven. We talk about three heavens. This is, you know, earth is. Then we have the second heaven. That's where demons roam in the, in the second atmosphere, second heaven. And then the third heaven, obviously, is where God resides. So where's all de demonic activity? It's in the second heaven above you. Side note. Side note, the reason why sometimes people have prophetical words and they're wrong is not because they didn't hear correctly. They just, they picked up the, they picked up the frequency in the wrong atmosphere. They picked up chatter. And what demons are planning to do, you know, in the earth. And they picked up that frequency when they should have went all the way to the third heaven. Then, then you'll prophesy from the second heaven, but you're just picking up on the enemies, on the plans. This is what he's going to do, and he's coming down, and we got to, you know, woes this, and the Lord showed me. No, it wasn't the Lord showed you that. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. You, 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 your elevator stopped on the second floor. You should have went on to the third. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not making fun of that, but I, because I'm saying they're, they're hearing what they heard was right, but they, were on, they got off on the second floor, and the elevator had, you know, go, go, go to the top. Go to the top. Hallelujah. Well, here we go. So... Um, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 in the NET version. The New English 
translations. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says, And when you heard the word of truth, which is the gospel of salvation, when you believed in Christ, you were marked with a seal of the promised Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the down payment. Some translations say he's the earnest. You ever put, you know, people buy how they put earnest down, which is what, a, it's just simply a down payment. So when you heard and you believed you were saved and then you got the down payment and you were sealed by the Holy Spirit in your spirit. Holy Spirit has sealed you off the real you, your spirit. Sealed with him. That's your down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own. Uh, you're not in that, are you? That's okay. Until the, uh, I'm trying to read my writing. Until the redemption of God's own possession to the glory of God. So here we are, all of us born again, saved. We have the earnest, we have the down payment of the fullness of all that, that we will have on the inside of us in your born again spirit. You have Romans 8, 11. All I'm trying to say for you as the believer, what stops some believers from receiving, because a lot of times people say, well, how, how do you have all these miracles in these foreign lands where people don't, the, 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 they don't know? Well, it's because they don't know. If they're babies, God doesn't expect them to know a whole lot of things. And, you, and, and you know, the, the question has always come, why, why is there so many miracles? I know Brother Matt, he's seen it. He, he's, he's been on the mission field many times. But you see, a lot of y'all have. You see astounding miracles. And you say, well, when we come back and go to church, we don't, we don't hardly see miracles. We see people suffer. Well, why is that? Well, there's, there's, there's reasons for it. There's a lot of reasons for it. It's not that God chose to heal someone else, you know, and not choose to heal you. Jesus died for all. I mean, did Jesus pay the price for everyone to be saved? If, but is, is everyone saved? Why, why is not everyone saved? Because everyone hasn't received what, what he did for them. But the scripture makes emphatically clear the same time he paid for your salvation, he paid for your deliverance, he paid for your, he paid for your healing, he paid for your posterity your, and your prosperity, healing, protection. It was all the same sacrifice. But faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So everyone's heard that it's the will of God for us to be saved. Anyone, if they would just receive Jesus. But then we come to a place like healing, well, is God willing, does God want to heal all? And they'll say, well, no. Why you say no? Because by experience, not everyone gets healed. But by experience, not everyone gets saved. True. But what if they told you all your life, it's, it's God's will for everyone to be saved and everyone to be healed. Which is what I like to do now. When I'm getting someone um, saved, they accept Jesus. And at the same time, I'll say, do you have any sickness in your body? Do you have anything in your body that, that's uh, affecting you in an adverse way? Oh, yeah, I got this and this and this. I said, okay, born again. Same Jesus that saved you, same Jesus that already healed you. Oh, okay. See, if they don't know, they don't know. It's, it's easy. It's one that you get them religious, brain thinking. You know, they have many teachers, and we have all these things. So it's, it's simple when you're ministering to someone who's almost what well, I'm going to call like a, a blank page where someone hadn't messed with them, <laughs> you know, that, that you can just say, God is good. He's good all the time. And it's the will of God to heal. It's like the man came down from the mountain in, in Matthew chapter 8, and he asked Jesus, he says, I, I, I know that you're able to do this. I, I've seen what you've done. I've heard what you've done. And he, and he was a leper. He said, I know that you can. I just don't know if, you, if you're willing, that you will. And, he, and Jesus, first thing he said, he says, I'm willing. So he answered the question for everybody for all time that I'm willing. 
And then someone just said, if we just read enough scriptures long enough, we'll eventually get there. Well, there's times that you do, you do stand. But see, you can develop faith for standing. That can be your, that can be your new identity. They'll, they'll give you a handle, Mr. 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 and Miss Stander. Oh, we, well, I'm telling you, we some of the best standers in the church. Well, that's good. But, but I, I, I don't want to be the guy known as the, as the one who stood the longest for everything. Yeah, you could die standing. Then, of course, then you wouldn't be standing. Right? Jesus didn't, when he, uh, we, know, we know two times for sure that Jesus prayed for someone and they didn't receive all of it and he, and he put hands on them, ministered to them again. You know that, right? The man who couldn't see, he put his hands on his eyes. He said, what are we seeing? He, says, well, I, he said, I see men like trees. You know, I, I just see like a figure and says, Jesus laid hands on me again. And he says, I see. Well, most of them were healed immediately or they began to amend immediately. But not all were Not everyone Jesus ministered to uh, was, was healed. But <laughs> let me say this. It was generally within the same, uh, what we call the self-same hour or within a 24-hour period. Amen. So it, it doesn't seem like the will of God for us to go five years or something, 10 years or something, 20 years or something. We're not looking to, you know, for endurance in that way. No, I mean, if, if he paid the price to be free, let's be free. Let's go ahead and get it all. So whatever's going on, I would say in your, you know, in your life, your body today, we need to put the resurrection power to work. Jesus died so you could live. Hmm? And nothing can match him. Nothing can match the burden, removing, yoke, destroying power of the resurrection life of the resurrected king. Amen. Amen. We don't have to bear what Jesus bore. We don't have to pay for what he paid for. Amen. We've been emancipated and proclamated. Hmm? Not only did he pay, he overpaid. So we ought to resist anything that has come to us that's tried to attach itself to you or attack you. To attach or to attack. So this is, just my, this is just my cross to bear. Well, what is? Jesus promised you there's going to be problems in this life, didn't he? He did. He said, but be of good cheer because I overcame them all. And, and the persecution that he said that we would know that we would live in this life was not going to be a sickness or disease. It was, it was persecution for preaching the word's sake, right? I mean, if you, if you go over the scriptures where it talks about when they asked him, you know, what do I have to do to enter the kingdom of heaven? And he answered that one man. And, and, but that answer is not the same for every man. He answered that rich young ruler. He said, he said, give all your possessions to the poor and come follow me. And that said, all of a sudden, the young man was very grieved and he went away, he went away sad. Why? Because he wanted, he wanted to be a follower of Jesus. He wanted to inherit the kingdom of God. He says, but the man had great possessions. Or actually, we'll, you know, we'll say it this way, they had him. So he turned down the discipleship of Jesus because he had to stay with the boat. Well, that's not the will of God. God wants you blessed. Right? But he doesn't want those things to have you. Amen. He wants you to be a master over everything. The small things and, and the large things. There's nothing that we can't have without him because we're with him. Hallelujah. 
We're, we're with him. He's with you. I don't know how closer he can get than in you. I mean, how, how, I mean like, come Lord Jesus. Well, I mean, well, he's already on the inside of you. How much closer can you get than you? See, it's a conscious awareness, uh, developing your consciousness of thinking of Christ. This in, he's already in me. Amen. Already in me. When I prayed for my friend, or I was telling you about the other day, and uh, others, I, I don't pray in the sense of, now, Lord, I'm about to pray. Then I tell the Lord the doctor report. And if we don't have this, you know, by Thursday we'll be here. I, I don't even address heaven. Now, I'm listening all the time because there's also the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. You know, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It talks about nine gifts of the Spirit, nine gifts of the Holy Ghost. They're His gifts. You know, and there's, there's, there's three gifts that reveal something. And, you know, there's three, there's three utterance gifts and there's three power gifts. And there's, when you get into the, the power gifts, you have the gift of faith. That's God's supernatural faith. That's not the faith that you were saved by. God's supernatural faith, the gift of faith, is not, is not salvation faith. It's, another, it's, a, it's a, no, a whole other faith. If you ever come to a situation and you run to the end of what you call your faith, and the gift of faith is there, you'll, you'll never doubt anything. I know that for a fact. I've had that happen to me before. It's, it, I mean, there's no way to, to really explain it that I know how. It's just, you, you, just can't, you just don't doubt anything. You can't doubt. There's, there's nothing in there to doubt with. I mean, I, I knew when that happened to me back in 1996 when my mother died in church. I, I felt something drop on me. The only way I could say it is probably not probably the correct way to say it, but I, I felt the gift. I felt a, a faith that I didn't know come on me. And she decided to stay dead for a while. But it, it affected me none. But, but, but those who, you know, knew what they were doing and they were taking pulses, they, they were, I mean, I saw them shaking their heads. I mean, they were all like, mm, she's, she's, not, she's gone. But the, I, it's not because I'm a great person or a great person of faith. I'm just telling you, I, I just, the gift of faith was on me. Amen. Then you have the gift of working in miracles. The gift of working in miracles is God works with you to work a miracle. The gift of faith comes on you so you can believe for one Amen. or for a healing. But the work of the miracles is, is the working of God's hand upon you to work a miracle. So she just laid there, you know, with no pulse. And, you, you know, you couldn't find her pupil nowhere. I mean, she, she was gone. There's just no pulse. And I just kept on saying one thing. I mean, it, it, to me, it, it meant nothing. It meant, it meant nothing that there was no pulse. I mean, I, 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 I was watching Dana, and I saw Barbara, and I saw others around, and, and I saw uh, someone else, and they were, you know, they got the pulse here, and you got it right here, and they got it down here, and then there's just no pulse. And she was laying on the ground. If you put her eyelids up, you can't find her pupil. She's gone. She just died in church. Not really good advertising, because I had just said, you know, I mean, church wasn't about a year and a half old. I just said, we're going to come into the days where the dead are going to be raised. Then my mother dies 20 minutes later in the church. Who'd want to go to that church? <laughs> they said, the pastor's sermon killed me. Well, she, she died in church as an attack to what I just said. And I know that because I talked to her about it two days later when we had time to talk. And I said, what, what did he say? She said, well, she said, when you said we're coming to the days that we're going to see the dead raised again, 
She says, I heard this most hideous voice. He said, it will not happen and he, and he will not, this will not come to pass and I will stop this today by killing you. And she said, all of a sudden I felt this pain instantly go down my arm and she, and she was gone. Don't think the devil goes to church. He goes to church. You want to mess with his kingdom? He's going to push back. Well, let him push. We've got a pusher on the inside of us too called resurrection life. Amen. I mean, his kingdom is death and ours is life. Well, how does that work? Who, who outlasts who? The one who has life or the one who has death? I have to think real hard. All I kept saying to her, I said, I said, devil, you're a liar. You, you, you know you can't kill her. And I, I'm just sitting on the ground. She, you know, she's laid on the floor. We had battled chairs back in the day. And when, when, she, you know, she, when she passed out and died, I mean, those chairs just went everywhere. And she fell out of the chair. Then we were just moving them out of the way so people would get to her. There wasn't no phones, there wasn't no cell phones. You know, there was, you know, Matt trying to run for a payphone to get us some help. This way down, I mean, there, there was no one you could call quick. You know, and there was nothing wrong with CPR. I just, it, it just never entered my mind, never entered my mind one time to ever go do anything medical. I'm not saying I shouldn't have, but I, did, I never heard that. Miss Jones. She just told me what a few months ago after all these years, she said, I was down there te teaching children's church. And she said, I was running upstairs because I heard that her was happening. And she said, I, I, and I was thinking I, I need to quickly do you know, C CPR on her, which, which she would have known how to very well. She's a surgical nurse. And then she said, I got next to the, less, the next stop, the next step before I got up into the sanctuary of that, of that building we were in. And he, and he said, it won't be going that way today. So she said, oh, but you know, she was just checking pulse. There's nothing wrong with that. And all I kept on saying is just one scripture. I said, you, you live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. So just go ahead and wake up. I said, death, I rebuke you. But I can tell you when the gift of faith came on me, but I, I just, I, I can't explain it. There was just nothing in me to doubt with. I, I had like, you know, like you buy a gas, you can get 87, 89 or 93. I mean, this is like God, high octane God faith. It's like taking a Coca-Cola like this and shaking it up and say, here, you open it. <laughs> it just, poof, you know, like that. There's just nothing in you to doubt with. Well, then when she was raised up and she came back to life, that came off of me. And I felt like, I was like, and I've said this many times, and it's, it's, it's biblically inaccurate, but I don't know how to explain it. When that came off of me, it was like I didn't even feel like I saved anymore. It's like, oh, gosh. I, I don't mean to sound negative, but I'm just saying, but I knew when it came on me and I knew when it came off. Well, you have nine gifts like that. So if you think you've got some trouble and you think the devil's got you back to the corner, you say, hey, uh, you, you won't mess with me? Because I, I, I still, the one in me, well, we got nine gifts ready to, it's like bombs headed at you. Let's see, uh, get faith, working in miracles, uh, divers, Kind of tongue, interpretation of tongues, discern the spirit. I discern your fix to go down. Uh, you know, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Uh, you, you just name it. Which, which one you want? Huh? Well, whose gifts are they? Who's the administrator of those gifts? Holy Spirit of the nine gifts. So that's the, that's the gifts that he administrates through us all. So the one who administrates is the one who you could say has possession of them. So where are they at? They're in you, in the Holy Ghost. Man, you're loaded for bear. You, I, I, I'm trying to tell you who you are. You're loaded for bear. 
You're, you're, you're dangerous is what you are. You're really dangerous. You got to watch what you say and what you do because things are happening all the time. Angels, see, move, move with your words. Angels move with your words. The Bible said those, those spirits who excel in strength, about angels, it said, but they're hearkening you know, for God's word. So when you speak God's word, they're moving. They're moving. So you, you really got to watch what you say. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So when, so, so when, you, when you walk up and say, can't you, 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 you can't live in this body. Now, I know and you know, and now they know, because I told them, that you are a trespasser. And now we've caught you. So, so gather your stuff up and leave now. And we don't ask them, you got any worse day. We just say, get out. That's resurrection life. Amen. That's, what, that's what's in you right now. So let's finish this right here. So he came to bring you that life. The God kind of life, which is called Zoe. Which is, and that Zoe is, is coursing through your veins right now. Resurrection life is designed to upgrade and renew our physical being. And we need to remember as believers that we can release, we can release from our spirit into our bodies, into our mind, or even into our emotions, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now we know, we know that when you read that scripture, he's talking about also, some say, well, he's not talking about you just releasing that for yourself, but he is talking about that because he says, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he said he'll quicken, which is the word what? Make alive your physical being. Well, when you get to heaven, you're not going to have a physical being, are you? So the, the spirit that's in you now will make alive, quicken, make alive, renew, restore your physical body right now. Amen. You won't need that in heaven. Now, he's the earnest down payment. Now, when we, uh, when, when during the, when we're all raised up and when the dead are raised into Christ, that's going to be the full payment. In other words, the scripture says we're mortal, but when he comes at a twinkling of an eye, it says more, more, uh, the mortal being that you are will put on immortality. Amen. The corruptible will put on the incorruptible. I mean, that's going to be the full measure of that. That when you're changed and you, you, you go from a spirit being, if you go in the rapture, you're going to go from a physical body. Before you get to meet him in the air, you're going to have a spirit body. If, you are, if someone has already passed, this is the dead in Christ shall rise first. If you've got someone in heaven, they're going to come somehow back to their body real quick. And as this coming out of the earth, whether it's buried, cremated, or sifted through the mountain, God's going to pick up every little atom, molecule of that body. And, and he's going to do it so fast and they're going to get a brand new spirit body in the air. He said, I can handle that. I can do that. I mean, how, how do you keep up with all these people over the beginning times? And you can do this and pick up every little atom, every molecule, bust every grave. I mean, God's on this thing. He's all powerful. He knows enough how to even get your light bill paid this week. I'm sure he does. He probably has the power to do that. So he's going to raise everybody up together who's born again. Now, that's the full measure of what's going to happen. But the same one who's going to do that, he says, you already got the down payment of the one who's going to do all that in you. He says, so uh, you can release that through your spirit into your body. I mean, the one who's going to bust the grave and take him up and give him a new body. He says, same one living in you right now. 
So instead of you trying to get something out of heaven, oh God, would you heal me? My head hurts. You just say, hey God. So it says, out of your, out of your belly shall flow a river. Out of your belly shall flow. So we release that life, that Zoe life, that resurrected life, that great grace. We release it from our spirit being. This is what believers do. This is how you get healed. Those of you who do know a few things, we, re we release life that way from our spirit being. Now you can go all you can go any other way you want to. Like, well, I'm gonna get someone to agree with me. We'll get someone to agree with you. Well, I'm gonna get someone to lay hands on. Them. Get, get someone to lay hands on. Them. Get help any way you need it. But I'm telling you, all the help, all the help's right here in your spirit. Amen. All it has to do is be released through faith and through words. Faith and words. It helps you to remember. Same one in me split the Red Sea. Same one in me <laughs> caused water to come out of the rock. Same one in me. All those ten signs and wonders. The Pharaoh said, "Uh, uh." But on number ten, he said, "Okay." <laughs> did you Did you notice that nine times he said, "No, I will not let your people go." Then after number ten, he says, "When y'all want to go? When y'all When y'all want to leave? Here, take some. You need some gold, some jewels. You need some livestock. Please, please go. Please go. This is the devil asking you. Will you leave us alone? Please. The devil said, "Please, please quit attacking me." Uh, uh. This is the devil asking you for mercy. Please leave us alone. You know we're going to be tormented already forever. Why do you have to treat me this? I haven't even got there yet. Hmm? Amen. So let's, let's receive the communion right now. Communion is for believers. Not for perfect people because I've never met one. But in your spirit, you're perfect, right? Communion used to scare me as a kid because they preached it hot and heavy. Talked about eternal damnation for someone who takes Holy Communion. Thanks, sir. Who might have sin in their life. Well, you know, sin is not just what you do bad. It could be what you do that's good. You say, well, what do you mean good? Well, the Bible tells you to say, you know, get the lost saved. Well, we're not all doing that like we should. But you could say, I've got someone saved. Well, you didn't get enough of them saved, so we're not doing enough good. No, communion is what Jesus did for all of us. He said, do this what in remembrance of me. He said, do this. He says, what you're doing is you are partaking of the new covenant, not the old covenant, the new covenant where he said, my blood ratified your forgiveness forever. Jesus was the atonement for our sins. He went to the whipping post so that by his stripes that we would be healed. He said, didn't, don't do this as a memorial. It was sad. He said, do this in celebration. We're to celebrate that our Savior not only died, but he raised again. I, I've known many people through the years that received healing just by receiving communion. When they broke the bread, they said, this was the body of Jesus. This was the cat of nine tails at the whipping post. And when I break this and put it in my mouth, I, I, I'm releasing my faith right now that what Jesus did for me is going to affect every part of my physical being. Amen. Amen. And then, then, then they drink the juice and they think about, man, I once was lost. I once was this. But God.
but God. And you think about the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. And so we'll open this. Uh, I, once again, I always said if you figure out how to get this open, you could. That's our new way we're going to do this now. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Bob says she's your helpmate. She just didn't think I was going to need as much help through the years. <laughs> it's like, she said, help, not do it all. <laughs> <laughs> I mess with the days when she's running different, different ways. And I said, no, honey, I, I appreciate it, but I can't do, I can't do everything here. <laughs> she says, well, you could try. <laughs> I take the... Uh, what we're calling bread here, maybe styrofoam, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so far, we don't know when anyone's died from it, so I think so. We'll, we might even have to pray over the elements first. People <laughs> 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 said, so Why don't we have crack or something? Housekeeping won't let me. I said, We had some mess eaters last time we did that. <laughs> How many know that Jesus bore all, all sickness and all disease? Yeah. All of it. Everything they got a name for and things they ain't got a name for. Things the doctor's practicing on, still trying to figure out, Jesus paid for it all. Anything in our body doesn't belong there, I'm telling you, we put it on notice today. Today. Amen. Today. Amen. They said that if, if this is not true and he wouldn't raise the dead, they said... We are living the most pitiful lives. So if this is all we're going to do, and at the end of it, we're just going to die. They said, but, it, but that's not the truth. Amen. Jesus did die, and he was raised. Amen. And we do have that resurrection life in us. So we're going to release that life in us this morning, remembering what he did, but we're going to, at the same time, we're going to be conscious of the one in me. We're going to, we're going to say, Father, I just release the life of God, of your spirit. We just release that life out of our spirit right now. You said, that the, you said that the same spirit, the, but the same spirit, the same identical spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and will now quicken or make alive, make well your mortal body. So we, we, we partake of the bread down. We thank you that by your stripes we are healed. We're healed. <laughs> so I'm healed in Jesus' name. I receive all my healing. Of everything. Nothing adverse can, can live in my body. In the name of Jesus. Let, now, let's, let, uh, let's just thank you for a moment. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we're healed. That himself took our infirmities and he bore our sickness. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God hmm, who came with healing in your wings. The healing is the children's bread. We, re we receive that bread, the bread of life. You are that bread. We receive it right now. We declare healed and whole bodies right now. Renewed, restored, made new. Thank you, Lord, that creative miracles are taking place right now in Jesus' name. Creative miracles taking place in people's bodies. Things that were, were once whole, but maybe through injury or accident, 
or just time have, have taken wear. We thank you, Father God, they're being restored right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we are forgiven where the righteousness of God. It was your blood that did it. You cleansed us and you made us holy before God. And we received the, the juice, which is the, of the blood of Jesus. And as we drink it, we thank you, Father God, that we are the righteousness of God in Jesus. Praise God. Glory to God. Sitting here with a bunch of kings and priests. <laughs> with the family of God, the children of God. We rejoice in that. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Well, we declare that you're, those of you watching with us, we declare that you're healed in Jesus' name. Amen. That the resurrection life is flowing in you and your life and your home and through your family in the name of Jesus. That all is made well. All is made well in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. His name by inheritance divinely begotten of love his name was bestowed upon him from the heart the sun.